G'day, my name is Miles Clark and this is my origin story. So this is just an episode of the Making It Miles podcast um, where we talk all things building, construction, renos, advice for the uh, real estate industry through the lens of a building inspector and every now and then we dabble in some personal development because I like that type of shit and I think it's good for people. So on this episode, uh, we will be having a chinwag about my origin story, everything about me, uh, my experience who I am, why I'm doing what I'm doing, what's ahead for me. So let's get straight into it. More or less, the reason this has all started is because I've been in the construction industry forever. Back in probably 2009 is probably when I started everything as a carpenter. And then to date now, I am a registered builder. I'm a licensed uh, pest controller. I do building inspections, pre-purchase inspections. I've got a construction company. I've got a building inspection company. I also have another startup company, which is a technology company, which I'll go into as well. And then doing these social, uh, the social posts and stuff like that to help try give back what I learned. One thing I understood from having a chinwag with friends in recent years is that I have realized I've learned a lot of shit and it's very beneficial for a lot of people. And I thought, why not do what I can to help provide some value for some people, some people it's not going to vibe with. And that's cool with me. Some people already know the answers. That's cool with me. Some people are going to fucking hate it. That's cool with me. I am totally easy. But more or less, it all came down to the start of the origin story. So for me, building and construction has been everything I've ever known and everything I've ever wanted to do. It's it's all I've ever enjoyed doing and found myself losing time doing it. And I think if you're looking to do something that you love, it's it's a necessity. They say, do what you love. I, I think it's important. For me, I have this crazy memory when I was back in Romsey as a kid. Me and dad went down to the local minor 10. We bought this, um, like it's like this timber nail together toolkit thing you do for kids. And I remember it was like a little money box. It was probably about yay high. I just had like one lid that opened up. I had like, you put like four nails in it and you, you built this thing, right? And I remember building that and I would have been, I guess it's back in Romsey when I was, so we left there in grade two. I would have been a preppy. I would have been maybe six. And I vividly remember the moment building that. And it was like the best moment of my life. And I knew this is exactly what I'm going to do. I want to build shit. So I realized that at about six. From then, we moved to Sunbury, Victoria. And that's where I've been ever since. So based on that, did the usual shit. Went to went to the public schools. Didn't do very well at school because I already knew what I was going to do. So I was going to go and be a carpenter because that's what I knew was the best for a builder. So pretty much what I did is I came an enter score of like 48, which is like, pretty pretty low it's not really great yeah so pretty much what i did finished all that up finished school went out did a pre-apprenticeship at school in carpentry uh certificate two in building and construction or something like that aced that that was really easy pretty boring got a job with one of the students in the class had a job lined up with his uncle who also lived in sunbury he literally around the corner and that fell through so he was looking for an apprentice so i'd called him up had an interview and got the job best job best opportunity you could ever ask for if any apprentice is looking to get a job or do any sort of construction things if you can get a gig where it's owner run so it's you're on the tools with the boss as well as he's running the show you're in a really good situation to not one going to get dealt shit jobs and have a shit apprenticeship and learn you know fuck all you're actually going to be in a situation where you get to learn how to do the trade plus how to run a business associated with it which i think is the most important thing for especially young tradesmen these days is making their skill into a business themselves work for themselves have control over themselves i think it's much more beneficial for everyone and it's definitely what i'm going to get my boys to be doing for sure started my apprenticeship in 2009 with paul 
Dynasty Constructions and it was just me and him, which for me was the best thing I could have asked for. So I got to see construction through from set out, client relations, all the way through to the end of the job. As well as that, the benefit that I had working with him is that we did lots of different types of work. So we didn't just do, you know, new homes. We did like renovations and extensions. We did period homes. We did high-end architectural homes. We worked on $25 million old double brick structures in Turak. We've worked on uh, small com- commercial projects, doing like off, like fit-outs and stuff like that. We worked on massive begolas. We worked on full house builds. We did everything and I was very lucky enough to learn everything from from someone that's very experienced who's done again from his point of view that's all he did his whole entire life is just work in construction as a chippy then became a builder and I learned everything I learned so much it was great I was very very lucky with that after that four-year apprenticeship I ended up leaving and worked for a young chippy crew Scotty and the boys and just JSB and that was fucking good fun I realized when I left well, whenever I wasn't working with Paul, so if I was an apprentice and he had no work, he'd sort of ditch me off to somebody else as a bit of a labor hire. I realized I had some skills as a carpenter, which was great. So I knew what I needed to learn. And then when I went out with the other boys, they were all just young guys like me, similar age. And we all subbed for Scotty and we did, we worked for a couple of builders, again, doing high-end architectural homes, like, yeah, really schmicko joints in Northcote, Albert Park, just sort of everywhere in that re- that area, which we, again, super grateful for. Just get in there, get the work done, have a yarn with the boys, have some lattes, have some coffees, talk shit. It was a fucking good time. It was um, really good. And again, learnt a lot from there as well we learned how to do sort of different type of cladding systems just do different types of work it was hard work it was good fun i um thoroughly enjoyed that i did that for i think about two years maybe yeah two years maybe a little bit longer in that process i knew that i wanted to try do a little bit more it was getting a bit boring and a bit mundane and a bit easy so i went to rmit and i studied a diploma of building construction semi full-time so it was a course catered for people in the, in the industry so we fast tracked the um, course for to two years and we did mondays till i think it was like 7 a.m till 9 p.m at night wednesdays uh, sorry tuesday nights five till nine and then wednesday half day which we did i think it was midday till seven at night so i did that for two years realized that i'm not uh i'm not stupid and I had a good group of people around me and we had a bit of a competition who could get the best. And because I really enjoyed the industry itself and I enjoy construction and all that sort of stuff, I gave it a good red hot crack and I ended up being the top student of the year, got high distinctions in every subject that we did. And I made sure that when I leave, I'm going to do it right. And I've only ever done that with everything I do moving forward. If it's going to be done, it's going to be done right and you got to have a crack at it. That's about it. So I did my, um, yeah, so I did the diploma of construction while still subbing with Scotty and working on the tools with the boys. And then after that, I um, wanted to get into commercial construction to give that a go because I thought there'd be some good money in it. It'd be a bit challenging, get to manage a lot of people, do some interesting projects. I thought that'd be pretty sweet. So I did what... Um, I did my due diligence. I went and spoke to all the teachers and asked who were the best builders, commercial builders. And then they gave me a list. And then I tried to contact every CEO of every these every big company like Hanson Yunkin and and Built and fucking Multiplex and all these massive companies. I got through to the executive assistant of Kane Constructions for Tony Isaacson, who is a, a legend. And uh, pretty much he, he said to me, like he manages a company that turns over half a billion dollars and 
fucking 700 employees and he was just like i don't do this anymore but he passed me on to somebody else paul and um got looked after through there so what ended up happening is like after a decent period of time they were ready to employ a trainee site manager for their projects and i was lucky enough to get that position for can constructions the most luckiest part out of all that is that i got to get put into a team which was the a team at the time for kane and this team was full of fucking hard working very switched on good group of people uh working at epworth hospital in richmond doing uh, pod four i believe so i got put into the biggest job they had with the best team they had under the best site manager they had and i was fucking stoked with that it was very interesting going into that industry coming from a carpentry background and stepping straight into a 150 million dollar stage of works building a hospital uh, and being a site manager obviously a trainee site manager at the time so i was learning the ropes but fucking me that was interesting times the the speed of construction then the safety requirements needed was epic but like most things if i'm going to do it i'm going to do it right so i bust my ass and did whatever i could to ensure i did a good job and uh, I believe I did a good job. I once again, you only know until you go elsewhere. So once I went to another project with a different team, I realized, oh shit, I actually did pretty well that sort of year and a bit and, um, was pretty happy with myself. So I got moved around to projects and worked my way out pretty quickly. Um, did a project in, yeah, Epworth, did Epworth and then did, um, one in Sunshine with Juzzy, um, moved off to another job in, presbyterian ladies college because that was struggling so i got put onto that team and just sort of helped push out defects continue structure all that sort of stuff and uh, manage a lot of people realized i didn't learn too much about construction but i learned a fucking lot about uh, people management and scheduling and programming and planning and contracts i got pretty uh, got a pretty good scope of it from from all aspects of it which which i'm very lucky with after that job, TI asked if I could um, work on another small project in the city, which is a temporary structure that gets built every 12 months. It's called M Pavilion. I didn't know much about it, but it was a job for me to run on my own, and I was like, fucking sweet. So I was stoked with that. So what I did is I got to be a part of something that I found out is actually pretty pretty cool, and it's it actually changed my viewpoint of architects and interior designers and the whole design element in construction most builders and chippies and trades we always sort of we're not the best of friends with architects and and interior designers we think it's a bit wanky um i'm going to talk for the majority there are probably some guys that think it's cool that's fine but it's changed my view completely but in pavilion it was uh 2016 or 2017 not too sure it was the um bamboo structure which was designed by studio mumbai and um that was two months full-time seven days a week i had one day off in that whole process uh to build a bamboo structure in queen victoria gardens in the middle of the city over the road from the art center in melbourne and um we had no plans and we had no design we had no engineering we had a <laughs> we had a we had like a little model about this big um, that was made out of bits of sticks. We had a shipments of bamboo and the carby, which was the cladding that went on the roof, getting sent over from India, which was a little bit late. And um, that's about it. Once it all landed, the there was no 
nothing to work off. So it was good fun. I learned how to work with architects, get the design right, get the engineering right. It had to be engineered, which is the difficult part. So we had to get engineers out. We'd do our own testing for the um, engineering. So it could actually, there was some sort of standard. Um, it's called a performance solution to meet the, like meet and some sort of standard within construction. Um, and we pulled it off. We did it. I had a little uh, young American lackey with me coming over, like coming over for a little trip, which was good fun. Um, other than that, I got friends and my old boss, Paul, to work for us. And I had days where I got scouts, kids on site to do lashings for me because I needed labor. So I got some free labor and I mentioned in the Herald Sun, which was cool. And then um, we finished it on time well under budget everyone made money it looked fucking sweet and um it was yeah a really cool project that was probably one of my favorite that would be hands down one of my favorite projects I've, I've ever done it was obviously it was just bamboo two two sticks of bamboo a dowel through it and then lashed plus some cable ties and bullshit stuff we needed to meet the engineering um requirements but that was uh a tough project it was probably tough tough on a lot of people at that time for me personally and then um but yeah that was it and then during that process we did that we had things like soft launches uh which i don't know if if you don't know a soft launch is like a wanky art exhibition they do for a project before it's launched so we did that and i got to walk around there and meet all these design students and then i ended up getting them on board to do lashings for me as well for free labor which was good and then uh it was a very interesting time. These people that are in this industry, that designers and architects and stuff like that, I was always, you know, there is a bit of a wankiness to it, but they really do care. And like, there is, I can see now their point of view of why they do design, not just for the functionality, like us blokes just think, we just think, you know, open a door, door, toilet, toilet, you know, you use it and that's it. But they really think of that space and do some cool shit. So I was lucky with that. Um, did the actual launch itself and we had like a, like politicians and shit were there. It was cool. Got a picture with Julie Bishop. She was cool. And then after that, I that's when I started getting my own uh, projects with Kane. So the, the the next project after that was Scotch College and that was my last project with Kane Constructions and that was um, the $7 million woodworking and electrical design technology uh, section of the school in Scotch College in Victoria, which was fucking cool. Walked into that school, realised this is where I want to take my boys to a school like this. There's fucking two MCGs in that joint. Unbelievable. People there were fantastic. The staff were awesome. The project was fucking sick. It That was good. It was um, a good time. In that meantime, I had um, ha- had my first son, Harrison. He was, he was born, I think, yeah, during M Pavilion, I reckon. During that, yeah, during M Pavilion, he was he would have been a little tacker. And then, yeah, we were living in Reels Creek at the time. And then we moved to Glen Iris, just near Scotch College, to make things a bit easier on the family, to, so I could help out where possible, be home, and all that sort of stuff, as well as work. When you work in commercial construction as a site manager, they don't tell you that it's, you know, you sign your life away to for a company, which is, which is the job. So I, got to a certain point where I needed to choose between <laughs> my thought at the time was pretty funny, right? My th- thought at the time was I need to choose family or work. 
because I'm like, if I stick around at this job, I'm going to end up like all these other site managers. I'll most likely be divorced and grumpy and and just not doing what I really wanted to do. But I got so much out of them. I, I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I got. I made them some money, so I guess that's all right. Um, told the boys that I'm going to leave uh, because I couldn't do the 65, 70, 80, 90 fucking hour weeks, um, six days a week, continuously, all the time. Be there at 6.30, you're responsible for the job, leave at 5, 5.30 for six days a week for the rest of my life. I thought, fuck that. Um, anyway, I got a, offered a sick pay rise, which was a f- very, cons- very large and then uh knocked it back because i needed to be sanity and i wanted family is very important to me so i made sure that was all all hunky-dory and then um left i didn't have a job i literally left and got nail bag back on started swinging a hammer again and it was the best decision that i ever made from that point at that stage i had a conversation with one of the boys when i was driving in and out of work just struggling for cash at the time it was just when you're a trainee site manager, you don't earn a lot of money and you're working a lot of hours. So there's no like extra curricular work I can do, cashies and stuff, because I fucking barely have enough time for myself. And uh, he recommended that I do building inspections. And I thought, what is a building inspection? Because I haven't bought a house before. And pretty much he goes, you know, you can earn, you know, you can speak to a couple of real estate agents and they just give you Guernseys and give you gigs and you just get paid 500 bucks to inspect a house to make sure it's not going to fall down for a client. And that's it. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. 500 bucks for two hours worth of work. And then um, thought, fuck it. I, when I left Kane, I realized I had about an extra probably 30 hours of time in my life from including the travel and the extra work that I put into building another business, which was the inspection business. Now, on top of that, I had another lot of work I had to do. I had to get my builder's license. There's a lot of other things that needed to occur to, for that to sort of trigger and work work well for me so in the end i ended up getting a random call from a random guy who he knew one of the other site managers that was um uh, that i'd worked with and highly recommended me for whatever they're doing and um for me i got the phone call and it was like i'm only doing 40 hours of work of work a week and i want to get paid by the hour and this is me rate because i was fucking pretty grumpy with where i was at and tired of it and i knew i was worth that amount of money and I knew I could contribute and help them whatever with whatever they're doing. whatever If it's building related, I knew I could fucking sort it out. And he was cool with that. And then we had a we had another meeting and sat down and it was like an interview where I sort of, I interviewed, I felt like I was interviewing them in a way. I was like, all right, well, what do you guys bring to the table and this sort of stuff? And I go, and then I wanted to know them personally and I asked a few you know, questions about what they could get up to. And like, yeah, we take my kids to central New South Wales and we, on my mate's farm and we just shoot some pigs and I'm like, Fuck yeah, I like this guy. I'm going to be a part of it. So I joined the team at uh, ProLine Construction Group who were based more uh, East Melbourne. And Matt and Andrew were fucking great. They were fantastic. I I was very lucky to land that job with those blokes. And I sort of stepped in the role as an on-site site manager. So I was on the tools, running the job. It was a $1.2 million Renault Renault extension in Hawthorne. So, yeah, I just ran the job and then I got to a certain point where I realised I've got much more offer and I said, you know what, I've seen the systems and all the things in the back end of the construction company and I would love to make it better and improve it wherever I can based on what I've learned from Kane Construction. So I pulled a lot of 
things together and cre- created some you know, much better safety um, folders and QA procedures and stuff like that for the business itself just to help it grow and be better and that sort of stuff and then end up just sort of promoting myself to project manager rather than being on the tools but every now and then if the you know if a call would get back swing a hammer make it happen and then did a few projects with these guys who did which were um all great clients um some had some shitty neighbors which we had to get around but we resolved that and throughout that process again learned i was back was back in the residential back in the residential world but from this point of view i was doing more client relation stuff dealing with neighbours, permit processes, managing, planning, everything I learned in commercial construction and just pulled it all into domestic, which helped heaps. So running like programs and that sort of stuff was a breeze. If you're not running 100 men, you're running 10. So that was um, probably, I was very lucky with that because based on the back end of that, that's what helped me get my builder's licence. So the idea to get your builder's licence here in Victoria is you have to run really three projects as a builder to get your builder's licence. You've got to put a portfolio together you get harassed by the vba with questions that sort of stuff which i was all over my commercial experience meant absolutely nothing to them so those few years i spent at kane on paper meant nothing but what i gained in experience was um fantastic so i'm very grateful for that and the guys at proline were fucking fantastic so i was getting towards the back end where um i was looking to do some jobs for myself uh, I was doing the ins- the inspection business was starting to tick over and I was going to, it was sort of time to leave. So I had some jobs lined up and I had to sort of leave. I didn't, I'd wished that last project, I finished it better, uh, but I didn't. I had to go, I had to leave. It just had to get done by us, by the other boys. So that was probably my biggest thing I was spewing about. But other than that, you know, I think I've gave them, gave them what I, what, what I could and helped out where I could and learnt, I learned a lot off them definitely uh, with regards to client relations and what you can achieve um, in the construction business is astronomical. And if you have a good team together, you can actually fucking do so well. It's fantastic. So that really opened my eyes up to that situation. After that, I then had my inspection business, which was doing fuck all, maybe a couple of jobs every couple of weeks. As well as that, I was doing my own building uh, projects. So I got my builder's license, went out, got work. How'd I get work? I think I went to High Pages and got a couple of jobs. I got some jobs given to me from uh, Scotty, who I used to work with because he moved away. So just started pricing work and went and worked. So I did that, did heaps of small projects, bits and pieces here and there. Did a couple of bigger projects, like they were only probably 300K worth, 350, like not really big, just renovations and extensions, stuff like that. But they did really well. So during that process, um, I think I would have been, uh, when's this, a few years ago, I come to the realisation, yeah, so I ran the projects, um, Wood End, Northgate was still my, my last two big projects. During that time, I, actually before that, I, just before COVID struck us all down, that's when I went through separation and was it was not a good time for me at, this, at, at that process. So work was the only thing I really had um got two had two boys edward we had edward throughout that process as well so i got two boys harrison and edward who are now five and six and they're uh the fucking best little bastards on the on the planet i fucking love them to the ends of the earth so all that hard work really really paid off so after that um yeah after going through all that shit which i don't recommend anyone do it it's fucking horrible and you lose all your like half your shit, and it's it's not a good time, especially losing the kids for a period of time. Fuck that, so shit. Um, 
But throughout that process, I had uh, I was sitting in bed one night and I realized that like I want to do something big in the world and really make an impact and do good so everyone's proud of me and make sure the boys are proud of me and give something to, back to the boys, something that they can know that's always there, general, generational wealth, I'd probably like to call it. So I sat there and I had the inspection business going, which I knew would be successful, as well as I had the construction company going, which I knew I, I could make it successful as well. But the issue I had is that I'm, that I'm the business. So I always knew that I would have to be in the business. I would always have to run both companies, even I get people to work for me. I can't sell it. I can't build up this asset because I'm the asset. Um, there are some things I, I could have built it to a certain degree and sold it, but not for something that can give me on ongoing return. So I thought to myself, all right, fuck it. I need to do something to build something to make an impact on this world and be who I want to be. And it was always in building construction like and, and real estate industry, stuff like that, because this is all I fucking know and it's all I care about. So the idea came, f- the idea for Oz Property Report, which is this bad boy here, um, is it came from the building inspection side of it. I knew there was more money in building inspections and that sort of industry because it's growing as well as that it's it's a high ticket item like you know we get paid i charge six hundred dollars for a pre-purchase building inspection which is very standard uh building and timber pest license pest controller as well as a registered builder and you know this takes me if the house is easy it might take me two hours to inspect it write a report and issue it to the client worst case scenario might be three hours three and a half hours maybe so this is something that um, I knew was a high ticket item, so it was worth doing. That being said, during that process, I did build an app within the inspection company to make it easy for me. It's like it's, it's a whole automated booking system. So there is some value in that. I could have sold that, but it really wasn't worth it. So I went into uh, developing Oz Property Report. Oz Property Report is an online uh, directory of building inspectors. It's also a booking platform for building inspectors. Um, it does the books for building inspectors. It's a whole really inspection management system, uh, which is free for inspectors, which is great. As well as that, it's also um, has the capacity to be a marketplace for building reports. So when you're an inspector and maybe you're doing a pre-sale inspection, so you've got a report available for a property that is on the market, you can make that a report available to purchase by buyers. So the buyer can purchase the report at a discounted rate, make an informed decision on the property and then buy the fucking property, which is great. Other than that, also has a database of building reports. So when we onboard past inspectors we get their past reports and we'll uh, create a database based on that now this project has taken we're at two and a half years now into it and it's one of the biggest projects that i've ever faced and i'm still excited about it and i've spent a lot of money uh getting it built and getting a good team together which i'm very proud to say that they're fucking guns and um that's going to be launching in the next few months which is exciting for me something that i'm really looking forward to and then pretty much that's it. It's going to be a business that can be sold. It's going to be a business that can be bought. It's going to be a business that can earn dividends. It's going to be a business that can run without me. So the reason why I've been pushing so hard with it and I sort of pushed away from construction and the building inspection industry is because I know it's the future and it can still help a lot of people. As well as that, um, sort of throughout that process, I have been doing this social media stuff. So the one thing that I really want to do is, as well as build a company that's going to change an industry i also intend to help as many people as possible because i genuinely want to help people i know heaps of shit and this is this is the only this is the subject i know i know this sort of stuff and i want to help people doing it all right 
don't get me wrong, I know some personal development stuff. I mentor some people every now and then, but this is the crust. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do some content and I'm going to build a, a, an online social presence to for two reasons. One, to help as many people as possible and two, to give some validity to what we're building at Oz Property Report and to me in general. So when people do come across what we're doing, they just realize there's just two Aussie blokes giving it a crack and building a company locally that they they want to do some good. That's it. So that's why I spend the time doing this sort of stuff. When I realize that making content is very difficult, it's not a hard thing. Uh, sorry, it is a hard thing for people to actually get engaged on it and enjoy it. So I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to keep doing this until it works. And it got to a certain point where, you know, the content itself the intention is to be informative, but also have a bit of fun with it. Um, it gets a lot of, there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Um, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you're a flog, shit like that. Which is, uh, it's it's bizarre because they don't fucking know me, which is hilarious. But anyway, it is what it is. That's why I thought I'd make this video. So at least if, if anyone gives a shit, they can uh, get through to this point and realize that I kind of know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm no expert. I don't know absolutely everything. There's a lot more. There's a lot of other people that are much smarter than me, and I fucking get it. But there's a lot of other people, like I'm talking 85% of the population, have not a fucking clue about building construction. They're DIYers, they're property investors, they're all these types of people, and they have no clue. So the main audience that I'm looking to help is those people in particular. What I'm finding is a lot of trades and stuff like that are the ones that sort of comment on things like, oh, you can do it this way, do it that way. That's fucking stupid. You don't even talk about blah, blah, blah. And that's cool. I completely understand that. It's obviously the, the audience itself is meant to be for just the novice person, just to give them a better understanding of what's going on. So anyway, I had a bit of fun with that, which is good. Yeah, podcast is more long form informative stuff to actually like genuinely provide some value the short form stuff also provides value but with a bit of fun to it as well because listening uh, listening to construction talk is fucking boring so we um try and make it less shit and we would continue to do that for fucking forever right now we're in a good situation uh met a new bird so from a personal point of view the boys are fantastic they're both going to be in school next year shacked up with leah a uh, new bird i met throughout the last couple of years and that's been really good and having someone around you that actually supports you and gives you drive and cares about what you're doing and you can speak to and understands all all the struggles and that sort of stuff it's very nice so that's that's it from a professional point of view so i do building inspections now full-time which is only three days a week. And then I do Oz Property Report and then I also do the social media stuff. And I still have the construction company, which uh, pretty much is a mate of mine. He does developments. I mentor him and help the boys out wherever they need. And we just do construction you know, units and stuff. So that's good fun. Now, personally, there was a time when all I did was work my ass off um, six days a week, had no time for myself. Any time that was spent was helping uh, my ex-partner with the kids and be a good father, be a good role model and help out where I could. So what that didn't look like was waking up at 4.50, getting home at 7, doing the baths, help with dishes, do the feeds at night, go back to bed, do it again. Now, I did that for many, many years. It was very, very difficult, very hard time. Um, anyone that has kids and says it's easy are fucking liars. They're fucking liars but um yeah got two fucking great boys they're fucking fantastic but i didn't really have any hobbies back then because i had no time to do any hobbies 
it was always a struggle for me to go out and do anything. So I was definitely out of shape. I was a skinny little runt, fucking didn't eat. Just, I was just surviving. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. I was just, just doing whatever I can for my family and, and surviving because I didn't earn a lot of money back then as well. So it was, everything was fucking hard. To today, it's much different. So um, after going through the separation process, you know, you, you, you lose half your money. You try to live on good terms and people don't want to make it easy for you. So you just get stuck with what you get. I was very fortunate enough to have 50-50 custody of my boys, which the lawyer lady said to me was impossible if it went to family court. Um, I want to add that. Family court can go fuck themselves. The treatment of men in the family court system is fucking disgraceful. Something that now I'm very passionate about now that I'm aware of it uh, because I had no intention of uh, getting divorced through that process, but I now understand some of the shit these men deal with and it is very unfair and unfair on the kids as well. The boys now have a great situation where they have two loving families uh two loving households two loving parents that can spend the time with them and be present with them without any sort of concern in the background which is fantastic so i'm very grateful for that i was probably the best thing that has ever happened to me um after all that process occurred is when i started really getting a few more jobs in with my inspection business which helped me financially um which i'm very again very grateful for the universe sort of just looked after me so fucking lucky. Um, yeah, so I busted my ass, smashed out those last couple of construction projects, got heavy into the inspection business, got great reviews, great referrals, helped a lot of people. Everyone was happy with the communication processes, <clears throat> the reports themselves, so I was stoked with that. And then thought, fuck it, I'm going to go do things for myself. So I put on about 15 kilos of muscle, and probably a little bit of fat. I'm not a very tall person, uh, so that changed me dramatically, and it only took 12, 12 months. I don't know if it's fucking muscle memory, but I um, yeah, went to the gym, caught up with some old friends who I used to go to school with, and now we're fucking best of friends again, and we train together every single day um, or every second day as long as as much as we can, which has been an f- absolute lifesaver. If you're ever going ever gonna to go through fucking hard times or you're struggling or anything, do yourself a favor, join a fucking gym and push yourself and just realize that if you do find yourself struggling, there's nothing wrong with pushing yourself to achieve greatness and to do things and to always push forward. The difficult part is if you don't push forward, you're, you're stuck in in a horrible space. You know, you're, you're depressed or you know, maybe someone dies or maybe you obviously get, you know, get divorced or you have a breakup or lose your job, whatever the fucking issue is, right? It's it's not a good place. If you stay in that place, you get to you just have to sit and suffer until you do something else and move forward and get out of it. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to make myself look good because I knew, you know what, I'm going to have to pick up some chicks again, so I'm going to have to not look like a fucking loser. So I did that and it's been, again, that's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made and I wish I'd made it earlier, to be honest. It would have been fantastic. So I did that. And then I needed a hobby. So like I like going hiking and things like that. It's fantastic. I used to do a lot of four-wheel driving um, and, you know, every, before kids, before that process, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So now I fly aeroplanes. I had a mate who I'm in business with now, the construction company. He had a plane, just a small little cool thing. And then he took me up. He's, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to learn how to fly aeroplanes. So I've got my RPC, which is just I can fly small aeroplanes with one passenger anywhere in Australia, which is cool. And um, that's my hobby now. So we've done trips. We've done 12 Apostles. I've done Central Australia. We did Kangaroo Island a long ago. And um, 
yeah, it's been really good. Throughout that process, yeah, take some holidays, do some scuba diving, do all that sort of shit, which I you know, thoroughly enjoy. And then now I'm in a certain situation where construction's going well, the inspection business is going fantastic. I know, like I learn every single day with with the with the inspection stuff, the social media stuff's going really well, um, helping a lot of people. I know I've got to pivot a few things and be careful how I say things because people get grumpy, which is completely found reasonable. Fantastic new partner, great family household. The Oz Property Report is going live in the next sort of three months. Things are turning up. So that's where we're at to today. So so more or less my experience has been building and that's it. Carpentry, forever, builder, commercial building, and then building inspections. So it's all I've ever known. It's all I ever want to know. It's all I really care about. I fucking love it. And I want to really teach a lot of people about all these types of things and um, provide some value wherever I can. So if you do genuinely enjoy this uh, podcast and all the things that are associated with it, please head to comment any questions you need. Go on to Spotify, ask you, there's, some, there's a Q&A section there. Put your questions there. DM me some questions. I'm happy to help whoever I can because um, that's 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 the goal I want to do. That's what I've said I'm going to do and I'm a man of my word and I intend to continue day by day. So thank you for this uh, listening to the end of this. If you got through all of this, you are a fucking psychopath, but um, good hustle. I hope you liked my story about who the fuck I am. And there'll be more stories to come because I'm going to do some cool shit and I'm going to show the world that an average person can actually make a big change. And I'm looking forward to it. So I will see you on the next one. Most likely the next episode will be... I don't know, I might talk showers, I don't know, I might talk something, something to help everybody out, but I'm looking forward to it. So um, thanks for your time. Take it easy. Let's work.